Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Seldon. Welcome to Business of Design. You must be an interior design professional or why the heck else would you be here? Because we are going to talk about things that matter to us. Those of us who are working on a regular basis with clients, we're dealing with budgets, we're dealing with trades, we're dealing with delays, we're dealing with deficiencies. Uh, You know what we're dealing with. I'm really happy you're here. We are going to continue a conversation we started last week with Erica Sorrett. She's talking to us about the three E's of expressive, compelling storytelling that will bring your brand to clients. The three E's, if you recall, the first one is extraordinary. That's really about finding your unique value proposition. What makes you so special? Why should a client hire you? What's your hook? And in this episode, she's going to talk about the other two E's, and I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Emotional. You want to tap into the emotional reasons a client wants to hire you. What's behind the renovation? Is there a wedding coming up in the summer? Has she always dreamed of having a pool so the grandkids could hang out? If you can tap into that emotional narrative in the client's mind, you can be the expert they are looking for. And then the third E is experience. It's so important not only to deliver that experience to clients, but when you're talking to a new client to be able to articulate why your experience is exceptional. There's another E. (laughs) I've got a fourth E for you, economy. Have you been thinking about what might be happening in the economy and how that might impact your business? I think you may have because we're getting a lot of calls from members and listeners to the podcast who want to have conversations around that. What do I do if the economy changes? So we've got two events coming up just for you if that's been on your mind. And we are so glad you're here. Let me check in with Cheryl and we'll get right into the show. Cheryl, I know you're going to tell us two things that are going on are related, and they both have to do with a phenomenon we're kind of noticing where a lot of designers are phoning us and saying, I'm in a panic because I keep hearing rumors there's going to be a recession, and I don't know what to do to be ready for that. What can I do to get my business in shape? So these two events are for you if you're listening, and that sounds like something you've been thinking about lately, right, Cheryl? Yeah, well, we've talk to a lot of members who are already, you know, they're in a panic because pipelines are drying up. That's sort of the first thing that's happening. They're already making decisions about letting staff go, mm. really hustling to cut expenses, mm-hmm. thing, things along those lines. And sometimes so, those are a good decision. Sometimes, you know, it absolutely is the right thing for you to do that. So this is not going to be like, don't worry, the sky is not falling and everything is fine and just continue the way you are going. But it's more about 
getting you in line so you're aware of what are the signs that are telling you it's really time for you to take those actions? Yeah, it's really about making decisions strategically mm. rather than from a position of, of fear and knowing what to watch for rather than just rumors um, or gut feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, watching your, you know, monthly P&L, maybe mm-hmm. checking in on that a little more often and really look at things from that perspective. So in order to sort of address a lot of the conversations and inquiries that we've been getting, uh, we had reached out to Julia Nikishna. Again, I'm hoping I'm saying her name right, but she was on episode 320 of the podcast. So please go back and and listen to that one. She's from New Age Financial Consulting. And uh, that conversation just, you know, resonated with her. So when we started getting all of these questions, I reached out to her and and asked her to speak with our audience. So she's agreed to do a, uh, a webinar, Key Financial Aspects, If the Economy Takes a Downturn. And we've sort of squeezed this in pretty quick. It's happening uh, later this month month, Thursday, June 22nd at 12 p.m. EST. Registration is open on the website, $3.95 regular price. Of course, members are going to save $100 on those tickets, but register um, register now. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's going to address a lot of the questions that we've been getting. We thought it was really important to get this in bes- before summer months, and I which will, tend to calm down for a lot of people anyway. They do, right. And I was going to say, I will be on that webinar as well. So if yes. there are design-specific questions, hopefully I can weigh in. And if you can't attend live, as always, we make the recording available to you. So this is an opportunity, if you have pressing questions, to send them to Cheryl, and she'll make sure that we answer them during the webinar. Yes, for sure. So if you uh, are interested in the webinar but can't attend, please do go ahead and register, but then also follow it up with an email to me if you have any specific questions. If they're not automatically answered or somebody else doesn't ask, I will make sure that I I get those covered for you. So uh, the second event that I want to touch on, again, like you mentioned, along those same lines, is you're heading to Summer Market at uh, in Vegas, which I don't think you've done Summer Market before. We're always at the winter one. We haven't done Summer Market before, but I'm looking forward to it. Janine and I are going to go. We're going to be uh, flying from an event in Toronto straight to Vegas. And that's going to be a one-hour seminar, or do we have a little more time? I can't remember. Uh, it'll be a one-hour seminar, and then there'll be additional time for Q&A because we, we know that you always get that. I know your seminars, we try and condense so much to leave the room. So we'll have a little bit of extra time for questions. But you're going to be speaking on Tuesday, August 1st at 1 p.m. PST, and uh It'll be a one-hour seminar, but everyone can stick around and and certainly ask you questions following that. So I don't even think I said the topic yet. Recession-proof your business. So it'll be a great follow-up to the webinar that we're doing. I'm sure we'll have a, uh, you know, we'll be able to see what direction everything is heading by then in terms of what changes our members are making uh, due to this information that we're we're putting out. Right. And I'm happy we're having this conversation because none of us knows what the economy is going to do tomorrow. But it's always a good idea to know what to do when that client pipeline starts drying up a little bit. That's a yeah, really and, important indicator. Yeah. And have a better sense of when to do it. That's right. All right, Cheryl, thank you so much. No problem. Take you care. Sh- hey, wait, you sure I can't talk you into coming to Vegas with us, huh? Maybe I'll I'll hold out for the next one. (laughs) I'll I'll go in in January. All right, deal. In January. (laughs) Bye. Bye. 
Business of Design is sponsored by Daniel House Club. Over the last year, Daniel House Club has helped interior design professionals save over $2.3 million in their furniture procurement. With Daniel House Club, trade professionals like you and me no longer need to jump through hoops or remember hundreds of logins to profitably source from the brands we love most. Club members enjoy access to over 150 vendors at the best trade prices in the industry all in one place. Daniel House Club's mission is to be the quickest place for interior design professionals to find and buy what they are looking for, and it's fulfilling its mission. According to one member in Denver, the concierge is really helpful, and that's what sets them apart from everyone else. I've noticed even showrooms having a bit of a harder time when claims and damages come up, but DHC's concierge service cuts that time down significantly. Another member simply says, I could not pay someone to do what Daniel House Club does for me. They handle all the logistics after the purchase, which just makes it so easy. So sign up today and see for yourself. Visit danielhouse.club BOD for 50% off your membership. Erica, welcome back. Part two. We're going to continue. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? We're going to continue the conversation we started uh, last week uh, where, uh, or today, if you're watching the video, yes, we did it continuously, but we are airing it in two parts where we're talking about the power of effective storytelling and how you can use that to influence your clients. And we left off last week, the cliffhanger, uh, you were talking (laughs) about a client that you work with who at the very end of working with her for many hours, let it slip that she's certified in kitchen design and she loves doing kitchens for at-home chefs. And so we talked about the value of being able to target your marketing to something that specific and be that clear. But we never got to the other two points you wanted to make about uh, building a brand. So the first one is you need to be shooting for something that's extraordinarily you, something that differentiates you from everybody else. But today we're going to get into the other two parts. Also ease. All ease. Yeah, they're all, there's three, the three E's of storytelling. And I will say too that these are not just storytelling frameworks. These are like brand strategy. So if you, you know, spend some time digging into what these are, it's not just about making your marketing easier. It's about understanding, like building kind of a, a, a lighthouse for your brand itself, right? So that everybody's going to be on board with exactly who you are and what you what you offer. Okay, so the first one we talked about was extraordinary. The second one is, like I said, when you tell a good story, you want to make it memorable. You want people to lean in and go, "What? <laughs> like, tell me more." That's fascinating. Or, I, you know, I you you got me at the hook. Right. So that emotional connection is super important. And what I have seen um, through my experience and through multiple, multiple years of you know being a designer myself, but also working with um, different designer, d- different design firms, architecture firms, um, is that there are four four to five. I've started to put the two two of them together. So um, really key emotional motivators, key emotional drivers that influence our decision-making and can influence storytelling. The first one is um, creating a sense of belonging. 
you want to tell a story if if this is particularly relevant for people who design for families um, who are starting to feel potentially that their families are drifting or their kids are growing older and they may be going, you know, maybe leaving the home uh, for various reasons. They want them to keep coming back. They want to create a sense of belonging for that unit. Um, and so interior design services really can offer that, right? We're not just like you said before, sometimes the message is we create beautiful spaces. So what, right? So what, what's in it for me as the client, right? If, but if you tell me you're creating a space that like my, my family will continue to want to come back to, and then you can show me how you do that through the services that you offer, a you're pool. really... Isn't that the thing? A, like, a pool. A pool. <laughs> you need a swimming pool. Exactly. A zip line. <laughs> <laughs> but you are like, you, you're using your messaging to key into a core emotion, um, which is creating that sense of belonging. Um, that's an effective strategy for you know, really understanding how to create a story. This, the next one is to honor the fact that people really want to be seen and heard. We really want to be recognized for the things, not just necessarily a sense of style, because, you know, style, there's a pendulum, right, between what's kind of in and what's out. Um, but uh, being seen and heard means how a designer is going to recognize that thing that you're really looking for in your home, right? What's going to make you the most comfortable? Um, I see this, you know, a lot of a lot of people come to interior designers when they're in transition. They're in a different phase of their life where their family's growing or perhaps, you know, shrinking, they're scaling back. Um, potentially for young professionals, this is their first home they're buying. They really want to be seen as successful or they want to be seen as a place, you know, where they can entertain with their friends uh, or entertain and host um, their community or, or even business partners, right? That sense of being seen and heard is something interior designers can solve, right? But your stories have to speak to that. They have to really, they have to really cause people to lean in. They have to tell a story that gets people in there. Um, the next one is that our life has purpose and meaning, this is huge. Um, this is about leaving a legacy for the next generation. This requires thinking that, you know, the home you have will be something you leave for other generations. I see this in, in designers or in, especially with architects who are building kind of not just aging in place homes, but homes for, you know, that multiple generations may live in um, for, for a while. Yeah. This could be even vacation homes, homes where, you know, you know that multiple generations of families might go to like a lake house or, you know, a beach home or, a, you know, there's going to be a home where there's going to be kind of growth over years and years and years um, that you will recognize that place as a, as a part of your family. It becomes a character in your family in your family, right? This home and interior designers can do this, right? This is the, the heart of the work of what we do, which is so important is to get people to recognize that the space, right? Holds value and it's an investment in, in, in your future and in your family. Mm -hmm. The last one is, is one of my favorites. I see this one more for kind of the product brands that I work with, but it's the sense of wonder and then wander, so W-O-N-D-E-R and W-A-N-D-E-R, the sense of, you know, discovery and exploration. How do, you know, the messages 
inspire people, like encourage them to seek out something inside themselves and how they see themselves in the world, you know, as a, as a, a significant part of a bigger world. Um, and those key and core emotions, you can't do them all, obviously, but if you understand your differentiator, that extraordinary part of your, of your brand, then getting to what that emotional connection, how do you start to tell a story that's emotionally, you know, emotionally powerful, again, making people lean in, those are the places you want to start. Um, and I bet people listening, one of those will, will resonate with you, with your brand. If you're, just sort of thinking about like, okay, how might my strategy and story start to play out? One of those potentially are going to, to start to make a lot of sense. Um, but once you get those two figured out, um, the third part is the third E <laughs> is to think about the experience. Now, this is less of a checklist, but more of a kind of act, a, set, a series of action items. This is more like less cerebral, <laughs> more about, um, you know, putting this into practice. So how do you own this story across all your brand touch points? And I'll say that sort of jargon, I'll break that down. So like, if you think about um, the experience from, let's say you're become your client for a moment to go along the journey of what it, what it looks like to be introduced to you, right? Maybe you meet, at a party or at a networking event or someone introduces you or maybe you stumble across um, and I'm going to speak like I am a potential client. Let's say I'm, I'm looking for, I'm just starting to think, I know I need my, you know, I need, I need a renovation or I'm just thinking like I want to refresh a room, whatever you you know, that services. I'm on Instagram, right? What, what are the things that I'm going to be looking and thinking about, right? So how am I encountering your brand at this sort of very early um, awareness phase of this marketing journey? And then how at, will you as a brand create an experience with that messaging that will speak to me at that stage? Second part might be, okay, like, let's say they call, I, again, you're calling, you're emailing, you're DMing, whatever that, you know, you do an inquiry form on your website, whatever that intake moment looks like, how then do you respond to them in a consistent way, right? Continuously reinforcing that emotional messaging, that brand narrative, that ex extraordinary part, that emotional part, how have you created you know, a consistency with that experience with your brand. Let's say you keep going, you decide to work together, you get, you know, there's a contract, there's a series of, um, you know, interactions that take place between potentially someone on, on your team. What's the script that they're, you know, using? What's the email language? What's the phone call? What's that in-person meeting like? All the way through, let's say there happened, let's say you're starting to you know, send invoices, you're um, starting installation. Well, now you're getting into what we teach at Business of Design, of course. So the second E is is the emotion, like it, that is romance, the story that you're telling. Tap into the deep need of your client to do this renovation or the decorating project, and then the next part is experience. Create that experience. And I know the first tea was extraordinary and the experience you're going to create for the client needs to be extraordinary as well. 
from the beginning of your relationship before the project even starts, right, into how you launch the project and, you know, how things get going. And this whole experience someone will have with your with your company, with your brand, um, all the way past installation, let's say you, you're now sort of getting ready for a photo shoot or let's say it's a year later, um, you are maybe checking in, potentially, you know, asking if they need additional services. Um, you're potentially, um, you know, following up with, you know, a, a birthday or some sort of holiday messaging. Um, what do each of those touch points look like? Don't get overwhelmed. I would just say just map them out at first because mm-hmm. people kind of get like, I, I can't even take all this on. I can't even think about it. But what I want you to do is to think that eventually every single touch point is going to be an essential part of how people experience your brand. And what most brands do is they overinvest in the fir- the front end, the the awareness part, and they underinvest, they forget or they like leave out that sort of last part of it, which is the follow-up, which is really actually sometimes the most important part because that's what leads back to referrals or word of mouth. Um, but that experience part is the final kind of third part of the strategy and the storytelling component. I think this is such a good conversation to have because it, I think that at any one of those touch points, if what the client encounters is inconsistent with the promise yep. of the brand, you've you've lost, you've come down a notch in their esteem um, and maybe yep. completely fallen off of their radar. Yeah. Right. So yep. that's all the the obvious example that comes to mind is we meet a thousand designers a year who say they do yep. luxury design. Right. Yet when you go to their website, it, it doesn't necessarily look luxurious and the projects don't speak to luxury. That's and right. then when the client phones, the designer herself or himself answers the phone while in the car on the way to pick right. up a kid from soccer. So far, yeah. I'm not having the luxury feeling. Not right? a luxury it's experience. It's just like the whole yep. thing is not resonating. Yep. So you you not only have to make these choices for yourself, but then you have to live by the decisions that you've made and be disciplined. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Mine falls apart in Instagram key. where I talk about tequila far too often. Um, I, I knew, I realized I talked about tequila too much when I had a client at Christmas time, give me a bottle of tequila and I was like kind of confused. And she's like, Oh, I see you talk about it all the time on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, you're on Instagram. I had no idea. Yeah. I love that actually. There's some authenticity there, which I think is great. You know, right. I might get the client who loves tequila, but I'm not sure what else. I feel like I need to know more about that. <laughs> that yeah. may not be enough to <laughs> differentiate my client. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> wow, I, I feel like it. it's a tightrope, right? You, you, yeah. and that's why we—that's why we all fall back on things like full service turnkey, that's you right. know, luxury, blah blah blah, because it's too scary yeah. to commit and then have yeah. to walk the fine line that is yeah. exactly on point with your brand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to the credit of interior designers, look, you can't 
do everything. And I, I see what I think a lot of designers do is they say, okay, I've got to have a website. Let's just get it up. Right. I've got to have Instagram. I, I, I've just got to get it up. You know, eventually as their firms grow, they can bring on people internally to, to manage marketing or they can outsource to an agency um, or, you know, a partner or consultant to do it for them. But a lot of designers know how difficult and how time consuming marketing can be just on the implementation side, just on doing it every day or thinking about like, I mean, it's overwhelming, but then to go back and make sure, you know, let's say a year, two, three, five years goes by. And when you set up your website, you know, that some of that messaging may have never been touched since, right? Unless you've got a really sort of focused plan to make sure that everything like is consistent. You may not even realize like when people are, what's being presented kind of about your brand. So to designers, you know, it's okay. (laughs) You cannot do it all. Um, you, you, you really can't, and you can't be expected to. Um, but I will say one very, very, very important thing to realize is that if you are, overwhelmed by your your marketing there's a messaging there most likely your problem lies with messaging is because you don't have a clear set of you don't have a clear strategy you don't have a clear message um and it therefore becomes something where it's easier to just do what other people are doing um easier to say the same things that other people are saying because for some reason we feel like that has been vetted as okay. <laughs> um, and, and it's <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that's true, right? You go on somebody else's website, you said, you think she's doing great. And she said this, yeah. so I'll say this as well, but it may not right. be an authentic message for you. That's right. When, when and, you, I... know, you never know how people are doing. No. Oh gosh, no please idea. not in a world of Instagram and social media and not even, yeah. even pre Instagram and social media. I remember going to interior design parties or going to high point and every designer mm-hmm. you meet is doing amazing. Well, they're not all doing amazing. They're just not, they're that's not. Just not possible, but yeah. that's our game face. That's a game face day. And uh, the beauty that's of right. finding a tribe that you can be authentic and vulnerable with is you can let go of that and you can actually figure out what you need to work on. That's when right. it comes to your website, which is, a, which is a big branding opportunity, do yeah. people get it wrong more with words or more with images or is it a mix Oof. across the board? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked this question. I could literally talk about this for days, but I won't. Um, (laughs) Okay. I will say, yes, your images are important and do invest in good photography. If, if nothing else in your marketing, get it right with the photos. Um, They're going to they're, they're one of your biggest assets. Um, They're really how you sell your brand um, and sell your projects. So if I had to, I hate to say this, right. if I had to give people advice, you know, I would definitely recommend, you know, investing in a photographer that's going to, you know, does interior spaces first, <laughs> focuses on that, but can help you really get the style um, and the emotion that you're trying to bring forward in those photos Yeah. first. Okay. So yes, photos are important, but your words are essential. Um, let's go back to 
this kind of making people lean in, right? Um, your image is going to tell something about a space. Let's say it's a kitchen. Um, and we all know <laughs> kitchens can be very gorgeous. You can shoot them in many different ways. But if someone sees, let's say I'm not, I don't know anything about interior design. I don't know anything about like, I have to be educated on, you know, what a kitchen does. I love to cook. So I know, and I recognize like a high end range. I recognize like, uh, you know, all the different sort of fixtures or components that I know I need. I see some cool features in this picture of this kitchen, but I don't, I need words to explain to me. I need some storytelling around what is this, what is happening in this photo that you were able to do as the designer that will help me remember. Mm -hmm. um, because again, we're, we're inundated with gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous photos of places and spaces by interior designers. So check off that. <laughs> but what we're, what's missing is that, that storytelling that can happen through words. Now, words can also help your SEO. I know designers really want to rank highly on Google. Um, you know, they want to be found for that differentiator. Someone's Googling, um, you know, interior designer in Aspen, interior designer in Tulsa, interior designer in um, Arkansas, or interior designer near me, whatever that, you know, search query looks like. Um, but what words on your website, especially your landing page can do is help with, you know, organic SEO. It can help with the, it can help create uh, the location where you are, depending on how it's written. It can also keep people on your site longer. So a picture is great. You know, people are going to click through a gallery, um, potentially look at all the images and then sort of keep going. Maybe the about, they go to your services, they're clicking through. But when there's words on your website, they're reading them or they're skimming potentially, yeah. you know, right? Captions. They're going to stay. <laughs> They're going to stay on your site longer, which signals to Google that your site is valuable and will help you rank higher organically. Can we really even play the SEO game anymore? I, I, I find, no, I, no. I, I'm just going to give up on that because the truth yeah, of the matter I is would. no matter what I do, no matter how much money I invest, no matter how much time I spend, Wayfair is going to get the, the first thing that's going to come up when you Google, yeah. you know, Kimberly Selden interior designer in Santa Monica or Toronto was Wayfair. Like, yeah. right. You literally can put in the name of a store and the yeah. exact chair you want and still some other ubiquitous, you know, yeah. SEO sucking brand will take yeah. the stage. So quit. Yeah. So it's just, a money game. It's a money game. So don't pay yeah. anyone to up your SEO. It's, it's uh, honestly, I, yeah. personally, I don't know that that works anymore, but right. by some miracle, if someone finds you, it better be consistent or you're going to drive it, them away, right? It better right. it better be a consistent, clear, that's concise right. message or you're going to lose them. Yeah. And let me speak a little bit too about that that delicate dance. Let's think about it like this. Like the dance between words and images on your website. So like here's an example. When you read a book, a novel or you know, any, any kind of book that you pick up. Um, let's imagine you're, you're there's, it's broken into chapters, you know, the chapters have paragraphs, but there's mostly it's sort of a body of text that's been designed to sort of sit on the, on the page, right? Could also be, a, you know, a coffee table book where there's an image and a sort of series of words. Think about how you're intaking that information versus 
versus how you read a poem. When you read a poem, a poem has intentionally been designed so that there's breaks in how the information, how the kind of line and the meaning is expressed, whether it rhymes or not. Um, but the design of the words in a poem versus the design of the words in a magazine or a novel or a book are very different. And how you experience words on a website need to be considered the same way. doesn't matter how great your copy is. If it's just you know thrown on the page in one big block of text, no one's going to read it. They're going to literally skim the very first three words of each paragraph. And if you're writing like the first word of each paragraph starts with, I am a, we are this, and it doesn't mean anything to the person reading it. I'm not leaning in for some particular reason. I'm gone. <laughs> you know, your clients are not going to yeah. again, lean in. So how, not just what you say with words, it's how you design them, the, how you design the information to be perceived on the page of your website is equally important. Yeah. I do feel like th there's like 12 other conversations we need to have. Oh yes. <laughs> right. That's yes. really unfair. But the bottom line is, um, and if, for those who heard part two, part one, if you didn't hear it yet, it was really good. Go back and listen to that one. Storytelling is a way for us to kind of supersize the impact we're going to have on our clients when we're Love trying that. to influence them to do the smart thing of hiring us or to do the smart thing of letting us make a selection that they're not sure about. You know, we're saying, yeah. I really think you should have a knee wall here. They're not sure I want to explain why that's a really important part of the design that I don't want to lose. So no matter how you slice it, we all have to influence our clients. And yeah. one way to do that better is through storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Erica, that's just, okay, this was just a little teaser, two episodes with Erica. We'll definitely have to I have you back. I can't believe it. <laughs> I know, well, I'm right? super excited. I would love to come back. I'm actually writing a book. I'm not sure mm -hmm. when this will air, but potentially that book will be available for pre-sale. And um, Tell, do we get course. to know the name? <laughs> get your story straight. <gasps> I love that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. It speaks to the interior designer in me who wants branding, and it speaks to the person who's thinking about committing a crime, like, you know, before <laughs> I speak to the police. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so good. Okay, Erica, you know we end every episode with design intervention, just a great yep. piece of business advice you want to leave yep. everybody with. Okay. I have, oh my gosh, I have so many, but I will say, I was thinking about this this morning, actually. What would I, how do I want to end this? I will say that the kind of the best advice I, I think I was ever given or, or heard was the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. I and I recently heard you say that I believe either a business coach of yours or a mentor, someone had said to you, like, everything that's wrong in your business is your fault. Like, it's it's because of, you know, decisions yeah. that you've made. And, like, gulp, yeah. you know, gulp, double blink, take it back. <laughs> like, that's hard this to hear. This is why I drink tequila. <laughs> <laughs> that is a tequila shot that's waiting to, to happen. That's a lot to accept. <laughs> But the sooner it's you true. can accept it, the better That's off right. you're going to be. Because then oh, you can yes. then you can change things. You can make things better. You're you're the yes. master of your universe. Yep. Oh. 
So that, that, that way you do one thing is the way you do everything is something to really think about. Like, you know, what do you really, what are you really putting forward into your business and, and what needs to be, you know, reconsidered? What needs to be changed? Do you need to slow down? Do you need Mm -hmm. to kind of focus on like one thing instead of trying to do everything? Um, you know, I, 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 I think about that very often when I get kind of, uh, you know, overwhelmed or frustrated yeah. or, you know, I feel like things aren't really good. Something's not working the way I want it to work. I step back and I say, well, you know, what, what are you doing here? What can you be doing differently? Um, and are you doing this the same way you would do other things with the same rigor, with the same thoughtfulness, the same patience, the same approach? And that really helps center me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, um, and on That's brand, it. always on brand. I feel like that could be my yes. tattoo. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. I, I am that yeah. person who like makes sure every document in the office looks neat and is spell proofed. Yes. And people say, well, it's just internal. So it didn't matter. No, it does it, matter. Because does when matter. we're cutting corners in the office, we're cutting corners in front of clients. And it's That's a right. whole culture. So, oh gosh, my whole team is going to hate that you said that as the design intervention because I'm <laughs> oh, just going to be blasting it out everywhere. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Thank you so, so much. I will see you in High Point on April. I can't Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.